You're listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Thanks, Ron. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I, like, suffer from super dry mouth all the time. Only, actually not all the time, really only when I speak. It's kind of like an insta- funny, ironic thing. I'm also really bad with names, and so the fact that God wanted me to be a pastor when I grew up always is really fun to me. Um, well, good morning. I want to echo what Ron was just talking about, because for those of watching online or even young, like, families of youth students in here, we love your students. And, like, I honestly, like, we love young kids. We, the whole board, Renee first and I get to work together really well, and we just love our jobs. Uh, and I wanted to make an appeal because I want to I want to say th- on behalf of the youth department, the next gen ministries, all of it, kids, youth, uh, the most gracious filled, the most thankfully filled. Thank you, I guess I could say, uh, to this church, this community uh, of Canby and and of Canby Foursquare for just your buy-in and just the love that is shown so mightily for the next generation here. Um, back in May, I was able to do announcements for a couple weeks, and I wanted to, we really wanted to bring the severity and the, the importance behind our students, our student ministries, and most importantly, summer camp as well. And we made a plea for inviting this church to tangibly partner with NextGen, whether coming and serving on Sunday nights with us or on Sunday mornings, or if that wasn't your thing, you could just say, hey, like, you could just give to summer camp and that scholarship fund. And this church responded in such an amazing way. I went to Chris, our executive pastor, and at one point I asked him, hey, how much money has come in? And we both were just shocked by the number, um, like extremely shocked. And we were able to, because generosity, because of the giving nature of this church, uh, we were able to, we had um, almost 40 students sign up for camp, 38, which is amazing. We were able to send 36, two ended up getting sick the week before camp, there's, there's something going around. I don't know if you guys know about it. Um, they ended up getting sick. They weren't able to go. But we had 38 students sign up. And I would say over half, the, over the majority of over half, probably closer in the range of 20, received some kind of a partial or at least a half scholarship to go this year. Yes, yes. And who would not have been able to go at all, whether or not without this scholarship, without the generosity of the church, and we saw so much good work happen at camp this year. We had our, our 36 students that we took joined, uh, it was about 268, I think was our number of students from other four square churches, over 300 people at Aldersgate uh, Camp and Retreat Center outside of Salem and Turner. And we just sweated for a week straight in 100 degree weather, but it didn't matter because we worshiped God, we celebrated, we came together. We had a lot of fun. We all learned a lot. And we actually have um, a video we want to show you. But this is all things to you. That we were able to make something like this happen, especially for our students. And just the momentum and the, the, a lot of the good work that's happened since we've gotten back from camp. You can't, you can't put a price tag. So we're going to show a quick video. But before we do, if you're watching online uh, for copyright reasons, you probably won't hear the sweet beats playing behind the video. Um, but for those of you in the audience, you'll be able to hear it as well. So we're going to show this video. It's about two and a half minutes. You're going to be like, that's long, but trust me, it's worth it. Sing like this. 
that's the law. New sheriff in the ooh. KV on, passing balls. I'm a lawyer in the pool. I ain't never seen nobody do it like this. Right. Owns every inch and I rule it like this. Like Look this. at my world, that's a little like drip. Only go to my list, I'm like, who did I miss? Let it breathe. Ooh. Cool. Let it breathe. Yeah, peace, oh. peace. Jesus, that's my creed. Uh, don't be a clown, but you're not it. Uh, mm-hmm. Worship in a marsh pit. Uh, I'm in this park like the tropics. Uh, men and women get in it, they get it, then they live again. Good and generous, definitive. That's from the genesis. Unlimited, inhibited. Look at all of these witnesses. Give you the business. It's taking body, homie. Oh. You finished it. As you can see, we have a lot of fun at camp. Uh, one of the best parts of that video is it shows just how hard students worship. Worship camp worship is something else. Something that we got an email, me and one of the other directors who helped put camp on this year got an email from someone that just, one of the churches who attended and were just, they were blown away and they said, my students, it's hard to get them to worship, but at camp, they were in the middle, hands raised, jumping up and down. And that's what brings me to tears when I read stuff like that. And so, as you can see, it was a team effort. Um, I think it was eight different churches. Leaders from every church came and did something, helped us lead our services, helped us lead camp in some way. And so it was just an amazing opportunity to get to watch God work in the life of students. And so if you're a young family in here or you're a student or you have students and you're watching online and you haven't been to youth group yet, I needed to be personally invited to youth group when I was a youth student. I was someone who sat in the sanctuary a lot uh, in here, actually, growing up until someone invited me up there to go and have fun. So if you need an invite, this is me inviting you to come tonight from 6 to 8 for our Sunday night service uh, and come and see what God's doing in our youth students. So students included, we want to make sure every student actually feels invited up to our youth building. So now let's talk about, let's talk about Jesus. Ron mentioned a two-part series. We're going to do, take a deep breath of just, you know, fresh air. Uh, we've been in the Old Testament since January, and we're going to finally uh, dip our toes into the New Testament for, I think, not for the first time this year, because we did talk about Jesus and the New Testament during Easter, obviously. Uh, but we're going to be in the book of Acts this morning, and if you have your 
Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3. Uh, I prefer with these Bibles. I know some of the more wiser, um, uh, I just say wiser people in the room love cell phones and love to use phones to look up stuff, but I love as a young person actually opening up my Bible and turning to Scripture. Um, but this morning and next week, we're going to look at Acts chapter 3 and then go into Acts chapter 4. And this is one of my favorite books to study, meditate on, pray about, because uh, there's just so much history in the book of Acts. And my wife would tell you that I bore her so much with history. I think I actually stayed up too late last night watching a documentary on World War II or something. It was World War II. It's not something. It was. Um, and it's one of my favorite books because there's just so much history, and it's not just the fact that it's history, it's because it's our history. It's the church's history. It's the birth of our movement. It's the birth of the church. It's the, the history that started something that changed the course of human history. And I love this. I really felt the Holy Spirit pulling us in a direction of first looking up to Jesus and then looking out to the world and how we take Jesus out to the world as well. So we can notice in culture, though, uh, and the, the, like the world's political climate right now, uh, everything and everyone is attempting to solve all of our problems. Uh, and I mean, rightfully so. God, give it, God gave us wisdom. He gave us knowledge. He gave us all these amazing, good things. But all the things, the world is trying to solve all of our problems right now. People are, and people are turning to everyone and everything in the world to solve their problems. When the answer to us as God's creation to finding joy, finding peace, only comes from above, from Jesus and the Holy Spirit himself. And it's just a very dangerous, I think, season we're living in where it's very easy to find the answers to any question we have, even if they're not the right answers today. Um, My son said the other day, I didn't know something. He's like, Dad, just Google it. And I, I wanted to tell him, like, you have no idea what it was like to be five year age and not have, not get the answer to something and just have to be okay with it. Because when I asked my dad, hey, what is this? And he said, I don't know. I didn't expect him to be able to get the answer for me in 60 seconds or less. He can. I, sometimes I have to remind him that I just don't know and I'm, I, I'm not going to know. Um, this morning I want to talk about how we can um, look up to see God's plan. And the whole point of this morning is church is just to, is just to look up. We're going to make a call today to look up above to Jesus' example and his disciples uh, as they encouraged others to walk in that boldness and to do the same. But if, I'm going to pose a few questions this morning that I hope get us all thinking about where we are at in God's plan, where we are at and uh, in, uh, in our stage of our faith and how we can move, keep moving forward. So uh, forgive me for just asking a bunch of questions this morning, uh, but if you're taking notes, uh, we're talking about look it up. So I want to read Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. This is what we're going to read this morning out of the, uh, the New Testament Acts, and it's a very powerful story. It's one of my favorite stories from the book of Acts, actually, because uh, it's one of the very first miracles performed by Jesus' disciples after Jesus uh, ascends into heaven, besides speaking in a bunch of other languages, obviously, uh, on the day of Pentecost. But Peter and John powerfully and boldly do something no one expected them to do. And this is what I want us to hear today is that God empowers us to powerfully and boldly do things that people don't expect us to do. We love our enemies. We turn the other cheek. 
all these things that the society would say, this doesn't make sense, but God empowers us to do all these things that no one expects us to do. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon, and now a man who was lame from birth, means he could not walk, he was born without the ability to use his feet and his legs, they were weak, they couldn't hold him up, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And this is my favorite part. And in my translation, the NIV says, so the man gave his, them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Other translations say, the man looked up. Most translations actually say the man looked up. It's just the fact that I'm, and I, I love my NIV Bible, and I didn't want to go get a brand new Bible just to read uh, from to you guys this morning. But many other translations say look, he looked up, giving him, them his attention. And then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened to him. And the question, so the first question I want to ask this morning uh, is, do we look up? When Jesus says, look at me, when God's spirit comes into our life and he says, look at me, do we, do we actually look up or do we keep our heads down with our hands out waiting for something we think we need that we don't? In the verses 4 and 5, we really see the power behind this story. This man who could not walk looked, at, looked up at Peter and John and see the fact that he could not walk was not his biggest problem, in my opinion. The, and, the fact that he could not walk was, wasn't what was holding him back in life. It wasn't where his biggest hole and void in his life truly was. The biggest hole in the void was that his empty was empty of the power of the Holy Spirit. He was empty of the saving power of Jesus. He was empty of God's presence. He had never experienced God's presence in his life. And that was this man's biggest problem. We can have problems as bad as anything, but if we don't have Jesus at the center of our life, those problems do not compare to the hole we have in our lives or lives even the people around us that we love when we don't have the saving power of Jesus in our life. This man, as you can see, was not even in the temple when he was healed. He wouldn't have been able to go in. In fact, he wouldn't have even been allowed in. His spiritual problems dwarf his physical problems. This is, a, again, a man who had never experienced the presence of God. Because, and I want to explain the history of this, because what, uh, he was lame from birth, and as such, he, he never set foot, pun intended, in the temple. He was missing out on that presence his entire life, because as we know in the Old Testament, we just walked all the way through it. God's presence came and rested on and in the temple of God and that's where people were supposed to go to experience God's power, his presence. The presence of his Holy Spirit was on his temple. We saw it in the, in the desert when they wandered for 40 years. 
We saw it after they built um, David's, uh, sorry, Solomon's temple. And we saw it over and over again that God's presence rested in this one place. And people were required to come there to experience and go into the temple and experience. But this is a man who had never gone in. He never made it in. And he never got to experience that. These two, then two men who had something to give, gave him the presence of God without him ever having to set foot in the temple. And I think this is, I think this is God's plan sticking out like a sore thumb. They gave him the presence of God, one of the, the things that he would have been missing his entire life, and he didn't have to go in the temple, the place he'd never been to get it. And Jesus, I think Jesus and God and his Holy Spirit, they were making a statement that now it is about what I do in you, not about where I bring you. Not about where I tell you to go, it's about what I can do in you and through you instead of about the, a journey you can take to come and experience me. I've been this man before, honestly, if I'll speak truly, head down, not wanting to look up, wanting people, actually wanting people to see my pain. This is, this is one of my faults. Hoping for the solution that I needed, not knowing the solution was the presence of God that was going to lift me out of it. Um, when I, like, am unhappy, I tend to show it. But I don't talk about it. Usually my wife's response is like, okay, if you're upset, you need to tell me. And I'm usually like, I'm upset. <laughs> but I have this thing where like I just kind of want people to see that I'm in pain or my feelings are hurt and then ask me about it. And then I'm like, okay, I'll tell you. I'm a little dramatic, just a little bit. Where some people will like kick open doors and be like, I'm upset and this is why. That's not me. I'm more of a like, please see that I'm hurting. This is me. I... I, I put my head down, I want people to see my pain and have pity on me, give me what I need so I can go, keep going. I've been angry at God because of something or any excuse I can think of to blame God for my circumstances. This was me whenever hard times, whenever hard times came. Until, as my faith grew, I realized I had access to so much more. If COVID has taught us anything, uh, it's through the importance of looking to God for answers, for help, for leadership, for guidance, and not man. Because, you know, the best job that the world, our government, everyone in charge did, they didn't quite fully know what to do or how to do it. They just kept giving us their best guess, and we'd have to go, okay, we got to run with this. But what we don't have to do with God is he doesn't ever give us his best guess. He doesn't ever give us the, I think this is our best course of action we should use. With God, it's, hey, we're going to go this way, and it's going to work. And we get to say yes or no. With God, we know it's going to work. Is this how we respond, though? By looking down and hoping for something, or do we look up to the Savior? When life happens and anxiety builds, when stressful situations hit, when loss of really of anything, um, family, job, financial, home, anything really occurs, do we put our heads down and look to the ground? Or do we remember to look up at the one person who is capable, and not only capable, but willing to give us not what we want, but what we need? Um, we can still mourn and process our emotions with our eyes fixed on Jesus. I want you to hear that. We can still be hurt, experiencing loss, mourning something, 
upset, and we can still process all those emotions with our eyes looked up, fixed on Jesus, and not at the ground saying, woe is me. Just because we look to Jesus, that doesn't mean we stop feeling things, and that's okay. So the question I want to, another question I want to ask is, do we look up or do we look down? This is, this is for everyone in the room, those watching online, it's for me. Do we look up or do we look down when the Holy Spirit says, I've got something from you, look at me? What are we missing out on by refusing to look up too? To see the provision God is giving us and to see the miracles waiting in the outstretched hands of Jesus. And actually, I want to read you guys a few scriptures because uh, what we're missing out on by refusing to look up, we have the answer to this question found in scripture time and time again. If we look to Jesus as our example, usually he can give us a good clue or a good hint of what we're supposed to do. And Jesus comes through on this, and I'm just going to read a few, but there's more, of times when Jesus looks up and what happens when he looks up and why he does. So in Luke chapter 9, verse 16, it says this, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And he says he looks up, giving thanks to God, and this is when he feeds the 5,000. You know, he, Jesus probably didn't have to look up, but Jesus looks up, fixes his eyes on his father, and he creates this amazing miracle and feeds 5,000 people with a very limited resources. And then in John chapter 11, verses 41 through 44, uh, with the encounter with Lazarus, who's died, it says, so they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he, heard, uh, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And again, Jesus looks up to heaven. He says this. He's like, hey, God, thank you that you're hearing me. I want everyone to know that I'm from you. I don't need necessarily to look up to you, but I'm going to look up to you to set the example of what we should do as your people. When you're calling us, when you're saying our name, when you're getting our attention, we look up. We keep our eyes on you. And this is an amazing miracle. He brings a dead man back to life. And in John chapter 17, verse 1, it says this, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Before he goes and dies for us. And then performs, God performs one of the most amazing miracle ever by bringing Jesus back from the grave. But Jesus, these are just a few. Jesus understood the importance of looking up and fixing your eyes on things above and not things below. Jesus understood the importance of looking up to the power and the authority of God, giving God the glory, letting him do the work that only he can do. See, Jesus like had the Holy Spirit and Jesus had God's power and God's power worked through him. But he still pointed everything he did back to the Father. He's saying, hey, like, I'm nothing without the Father. I, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I'm here from him. And when I do something great like this, I want to look up and let you all know where it's coming from. So I want to ask another question. What do you need to look up away from? What do you need to look up away from? What's the one thing that maybe I mentioned it earlier when I was listing off things that can get us down that you need to look up away from? Is it control? Wanting control over your life? Is it 
um, not understanding the direction you're going and having to let go and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this direction. Maybe you're feeling like your life right now doesn't have a lot of purpose. Are you willing to look up from that and say, God, I'm willing to let you give me that purpose. Even if nothing changes in my life, you're going to give me a purpose. I'm not going to pretend that I know what anyone else has going on, though, church, in your lives right now. But what I can know and what I can say boldly is that there is a God in heaven who is ready to work miracles, who is ready to make what we have, sorry, and make what we view as the impossible happen in our lives if we're willing to stop relying on our way and beginning to look up to God's way and look up to God's plan. Remember how this is how we started this morning, look up to God's plan. When you look up, it's not going to look how you imagined, though. It might. I'm not going to say that boldly, like it's not going to look the way you think it should, because God might. But when you look up, church, and anyone listening right now, it might not look the way you think it should look. And we have to be okay with that. In Acts 3, verse 6, um, it says, But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why Rise up and walk. This man was expecting money. This man was expecting a little bit of something to get him through to tomorrow when people would carry him back to this gate again and he'd start asking for money again. He thought, this is my bread for today. But what he got was so much more. He was expecting a momentary relief from his situation, but what he received was the impossible and eternal relief from his present situation. See, he was covered both physically and spiritually in this moment, not just physically. God knows how to give good gifts. Matthew 7, verse 11 tells us so. It says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And I read this verse because I, I, I can say over and over and over again, it's so important to look up to God and um, the importance of trusting God, but like, Why? Because right here, God gives really good gifts. And I'm not talking about monetary gifts, but he gives what we don't know we need. He comes in when we don't know we need help, and he covers the things that we don't know we need covered, or that we do know we need covered, and we have no other way of covering it but by giving it over to God. God gives these amazing, really good gifts. And God is the only one who is capable of giving the impossible um, I want to share a story really quick, actually, um, of a man, and I heard this somewhere, so I'm probably not telling it all the way right. I don't remember, I don't think it was during a sermon. Someone else told it in like a class I was listening to or a podcast I was listening to or something. But it was about a man who his entire life never really looked up from the ground. And he did this because one day when he was a child, at like five, he found a $100 bill on the ground. And as a child, $100 is hitting the jackpot, no matter really what age you are. And he thought, this is amazing. If I just keep doing this thing, good things are going to keep happening because it's happened one time this way. And this, I, it's, a, it's a tragic story, but this man goes his entire life. He never marries. He, um, he gets a part-time job, but he never really um, gets, goes anywhere in life because he spends every day, a lot of times going from place to place. Whenever he goes somewhere, 
he doesn't allow himself to experience what's happening around him because he's so busy looking down at what he might find on the ground. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but this man found like an obscene amount of buttons, uh, you know, random trinkets. He found it was something like $8,000 worth of coins over like the course of his life. And yeah, that's amazing. But what else did he miss out on? Because he was so focused on what was below him that he thought was treasure, that he thought he needed instead of looking up at the world around him to what he could experience and what other people might show him. He didn't get the chance. God is the only one who is capable of giving the impossible. So where do we go from here? You may be listening today and you, and you think, wow, this is, this is right where I am, Ryan. Cool, that's where I am too, good. Um, where do we go from here? We, church, we start by looking to Jesus. When our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we live out his plan for our lives more faithfully. We love better. We're better husbands and wives. We're better fathers and mothers. We're better sisters, better brothers. We're better children. We're better friends. We're better bosses, better co-workers. We're better at making disciples who make disciples. This is our reset. If we, ever, if we ever need a reset, it's now. And I think the world kind of just needs to hit the reset button a little bit. Or maybe like push it six times to make sure it works. Like the button at the crosswalk. <laughs> if, we ever need to, if, we, if you need a reset, think to yourself, where am I looking right now? And not like physically looking, but where is my heart, where is my spirit focused right now? Is it on God's spirit? Is he leading me? Or am I looking down? Am I looking and looking inward to myself? And maybe you're the person who is thinking this morning, Ryan, I have had my eyes fixed on looking up to Jesus on him. Like for a long time now, I'm really good at this. And I'd say like, good job. Like I'm really proud of you. Then I say, what more can you do? And this question, what more can you do is for, is for everyone this morning. What more can you give? Because no matter what stage of life you mastered this faith skill of looking up to God, you still have more to, to grow. And I want to call us back to where we started this morning, um, praising this church for the generosity displayed in regards to our, our youth students and our youth department, our next-gen ministries as a whole, and the culture of service we have here at this church. One of the best conversations I had back in May uh, was with someone, I can't not remember who, exactly who it was, because... Again, I'm bad with, bad with names. But they, after I made an appeal of, this is a great way to, to partner with our next-gen ministries. It's just by giving, even if you have a little bit, just giving. And they, she came up to me after the service and she said, can I give $25? Is that enough? Would that do anything? Would that help? Is that enough to help someone get there? And I said, $25 makes a difference in the scope of eternity. And in the life of a child of God, yes. Yes, it does make a difference. Whether monetary or by God-given skills and gifts, we all have something to give that can impact eternity for someone. Even if it's the smallest amount. Even if it's just for five minutes. Even if it's just for one minute. We all have something or even a tiny bit of time or a little bit of something we can give that could affect someone's eternity. And I think that's worth it. So what do you need to look up from? And what has God given you that you need to freely give? This is how I want to end and wrap up this morning is, is saying, in the words of, of Peter, 
who healed this man, when he didn't expect it, he said, I don't, basically in our terms, I don't have much, but what I do have, I give to you. This is a thought process we can have. This is the culture we have established here at Canby, and we want to, like, just be eternally building off of what God has given me, I freely give to you. And as we, next week, if you're going to grace our, our presence in our church next week, as we move into later parts of Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, which is the immediate aftermath of this man being healed, and then, spoiler alert here, they're going into the temple, and people are going, what's happening? This guy's walking. He's never walked before. Something's not adding up. Something's fishy. And just how crazy things can get because a man who couldn't walk started walking. And what God's able to do and reconcile with groups of people, whether it be religious leaders, the people who saw it, or the disciples themselves, how the Holy Spirit can lead through situations and help us as we look up, begin to take things out into the world. As we begin to look up, we begin to look out. Take the time this morning to decide how you will look up to this challenge. As you will, and if you need help looking up, honestly, we have prayer teams who are going to be available up front here at the conclusion of our service today if you need help with this or you're, you need help processing or you just want prayer for this specifically or anything really please come up we invite you to get prayer prayer is that thing that i feel like sometimes is a stigma if i come to get prayer that means i'm struggling with something yeah i think we're all struggling with something that's okay come and get some prayer come and get a little bit more of uh, the anointing of jesus prayed over you as you challenge yourself this week of am i looking down am i looking in or am i looking up and if i hey i'm looking up but i know i have something to give but i need help figuring that out i want you to come get prayer too and we want to pray for you we want to help you on this journey as you start this next work week going into monday um like annette said it's almost fall things are about to get really crazy here in a few weeks as kids go back to school um, and as things start to pick up, we've all stopped taking so many vacations. And we're all going to have to be good at this now. Let's get good now. Let's look to Jesus now so when craziness gets here, we're ready. So would you pray with me this morning? Lord, God, as we, uh, as we continue our day, as we continue to worship you with the rest of our, our, our day and the, this new week we're starting, Lord, I pray that you would help us fix our eyes on you. God, help our spirit to just be looking to you, help our spirit hear you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak into us and through us into other people's lives. Lord, draw us back to you, Lord. Uh, draw us back to our first love, which we found when we discovered the great saving power and the great love that only you have to give, the impossible love that only you can give us to share with others, Lord. Help us to be your church. Help us to be your people who point people back to you like your son did, Lord. Help us give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbyfoursquare.com.